Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Dungeon. Thank you for listening, thank you for subscribing and of course thank you for following us on Twitter and leaving us all those iTunes reviews. Really appreciate them and as I say every week they help us get out those charts which helps us carry on producing this podcast week in week out. Find us on Twitter, I'm at jbeardmore, this podcast is at the Rugby Dungeon. Also there is the world's biggest rugby podcast, me Tim and Phil, out every Monday. That is Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast will be doubling up over the lines I think and going on far beyond that too um, yeah so get on to Egg Chasers get onto us on Twitter and leave those reviews much appreciated today's guest is Brian Redpath Brian has played at Sale played for Scotland obviously maybe I should mention that one first he also has coached at Gloucester coached at Sale and is currently coaching Yorkshire Carnegie who are second in the table guaranteed a playoff spot and they will be having their game their first leg game against, I think it'll be Ealing in the next few weeks, so look out for that. We talked to Brian about all the issues in the championship, uh, developing players through the academy. His son is actually going through the academy process at Sale Sharks at the moment, so we touch on that. But before any of that stuff, I just want to give a quick shout out to Couch Grind Coffee. This isn't a sponsor, just a good lad from Sale Sharks, Dave Seymour, who is transitioning into his after rugby life with a new coffee venture couch grind coffee go and have a look on the internet see what they're offering good guy great product lovely coffee couch grind coffee right enough of all that let's get into the interview here is my chat with brian redpath hope you enjoy it how are you brian yeah very well thank you and um you know looking forward to my weekend so all good what um what have you been up to today because you sound like a busy man Oh no, nah, no, nah. it's been a day off actually. So, um, you know, the boys had our day off, so it's been it's been quite relaxing. I've not done too much bit of training myself and cut the grass and the usual old stuff. So nothing exciting. You're still keeping in shape. Oh no, 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 no. So just a little bit of core stuff and you know, a little bit of that, just ticking over. Nothing too much. We're not going to have any um, emergency Andy Nichol style uh, returns to the game then. No, 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 but none of that stuff. That went many, many years ago, so I'm not interested in doing any of that stuff now. I understand earlier on today, you were you with Sale? Is your son there? Oh, my son's doing training there, yeah. Uh, uh, how's he getting on? Yeah, he's very he's good. I mean, he's involved in the academy last season. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they had a good a good year, the academy lost in the final to Harlequins, so... You know he enjoyed that time there, and he's he's been you know been very fortunate. He's got a good group of lads there, and they all got really well together. So it was um, 
it was uh, just a bit of training for him. Um, position is he playing? He plays t- well, 10, 12 and can cover 15 as well. So yeah, for the academy this season, he played most of his rugby at 12. So he's, he's enjoyed that and he's done some other stuff playing at 15 at school and, uh, and playing 10 as well. So he's been very fortunate that he can play a few positions, but mainly it's um, mainly 10, 12 that he's been, he's been mostly played. Excellent. Now, I guess you've seen it all before. So uh, my immediate question here is, what kind of advice do you, do you give him? Or for that matter, any young player coming through the game? Oh, come on, I think the, the key part for me is, um, you know, first and foremost, I'm his dad and I've got to make sure I keep that, you know, that, that head on me because it's, it's very easy to be critical, I guess. But um, I've just always ever said to him, you know, just keep being honest and, and don't cut the corners and um, make sure that you, you know, you, you train hard and you listen to the people above you mm. um, and also play for the team. That's a big thing. You know, you're a team player and you're, you're playing in a, in a, in a in a in a game that requires everyone to play together, and if you play well together, you get your rewards as a team. So, just always remember that you're you're a part of the team. Yeah, you you must look at these academies now and just feel they're a world away from when you were coming through the ranks. Yeah, I think the academies are are, are well run. They're far uh, more professional because they've got all the the sports science, they've got all the GPS, they've got all the nutrition, they've got all the backup to support um, what they do. So, I think when we played, it was you know. It was, and never really came through an academy. We used to play for under 18s and then play for a second team. So I didn't really go through that stage. Uh, um, and when it turned professional, um, the players that were coming through then, you know, mixed in with us a lot anyway. So I, mm. I think it's it's far more professional nowadays than it ever was. Uh, is a worry for you at all that young players aren't getting enough game time through the academy system, particularly if they get to say first team, well, first team squad relatively early? Um. Not necessarily. I think, uh, you know, you've got the A-League matches, the LV Cup matches, so there's probably 10, 12 games anyway. Mm. And then if they are, you know, attached to a sister club, whether that be, you know, a championship team or a national one team, then obviously they're going to try and pick up some game time there. And also, if you're under 20, you've got that, that uh, Six Nations with the under 20s and the 20s World Cup. So there's another 10 games potentially if you do well. So, you know, there's a, there is a 20-game a programme there for players nowadays that you can help. But just obviously set certain positions like the front throwers, the front five, it's harder for them to make, you know play every week or play at a higher level every week just because of the nature of scrummaging and stuff. So that side of it is always harder for the backs. It's a bit different. Your backs can't come through quicker. Yeah, I guess there is a good point there. I mean, uh, the angle that I come from is, you know, when I am talking to some of the young, some of the younger players, a consistent theme seems to be if you've just broken through, it is hard to get game time, and all of a sudden their five side skills get very good because that's all they're doing on Fridays. Um, yeah, a bit of that. I mean, I think it's it's again depends which club you're at and what size of squad that they have and what positions they are strong at. If they're not as strong in your position, then you know that then it's you may get an opportunity and, and um, when you get that opportunity you're going to make sure you take it that's why all your preparation and your knowledge uh, is, is it needs to be top drawer so you need to understand what the team plays are you need to understand what's required at that level and you've got to make sure you're fit enough and you know you've done all your conditioning so you know if you do all that you do get your rewards and you need a bit of luck along the way as well yeah, well, let's just, uh, well, actually, before we move move on to this, you have made a few decisions uh, in regards to your rugby career, and we'll get on to that later. Um, just tell me um, a little bit about how your season's going at um, at Leeds at the moment. 
Yeah, it's going well. We've obviously finished second in the season in the league, a domestic league, and um, we're in the playoffs now. We play our first playoff leg match uh, against Ealing on uh, on Friday night. So you know we, we've uh, we've finished second by fifteen points, fourteen points, sorry, wow. above third. So um, you know, and, and Irish finished fifteen points above us. So. Uh, you know, that's, there was a big gap, I guess, between them and us and then, the, you know, the, the third and fourth team in Ealing and Doncaster. But, you know, it's a, one-off games are, are difficult and um, we've got, well, obviously, home and away matches, but semi-finals are, uh, you know, are, are tense affairs and mm. hopefully we can uh, perform over the next two weeks and get to that championship final. Now, I'm sure it's no fun for you, but from a, new, from a neutral's point of view, I actually think that the playoffs and the championship are two of the best games uh, that you can watch as a rugby fan. Yeah, they've been great in the past. Obviously, a Bristol and Worcester one was great, and even Bristol and uh, Doncaster last year was a great, and it ended up being obviously a seven-point game. So there is um, some tense affairs. That's what I'm saying. That the, the form book can go out the window because it's just morely. It's mainly about the um, who turns up on the night. So yeah, hopefully we can get a, get a, a rewards in the next two weeks and get a chance to play against you know Irish or, or Doncaster in the the, the final. Excellent. Um, just out of interest, what is your view on the playoff system? I mean, obviously they produce some great rugby and a great spectacle, but it does present its own challenge when you're thinking or planning for the Premiership, should you be lucky enough to, to get there? Yeah, and that, that's the only major challenge that is there. Um, you know, where, you know, London Irish, Bristol, Worcester, who've come down with very, you know, close to the Premiership squads have always got the upper hand, and anyone that's wanted to try and get in there is going to have the tough challenge to, you know, London Welsh have done it in, in the past, and you know how hard it is to recruit players in that short time. So, you know, we can't change that, and players can't change that, and um, you know, and the decision has been made next year to have no playoffs. So, whoever wins the league gets promoted, and that's just the way it is. So, you know, ultimately. There's no right and wrong ways, in my view. I think it's it's what's decided, and everyone has to get on with it. So, are you in favour of scrapping the playoffs, or are you very much just a control your controllables man? Um, I think it's not a case of in favour. I think if if everybody, there's only us in, um, at present. I think there's only us, maybe Doncaster and London Irish that can go up through facilities. So, mm. you're asking three people that can go up. You would say, of course, we want the playoffs. If you're asking people that can't go up, you would say. It doesn't make much difference to them, so um, that's that's how it is. You know, what I mean, for me, if, if if you can if you can get as many opportunities to go up, then of course you would have the playoffs. Mm. If you don't and you can't go up anyway, then it doesn't make any difference. That's a really good point, actually. Um, how do you see the championship fitting into the English pyramid system? Because it strikes me that there are a handful of clubs that want to go up, and the majority of clubs. They almost couldn't think of anything worse. Well, they can't. They can't go up because of the no academy status, no um, the stadiums and all these sort of things. So, when they don't have uh, the, the capabilities to go up through the restrictions, through stadiums and all the other regulations, then you know, then they're not going to get too involved in it all. You know what I mean? And they're not going to want mm. to go up because they wouldn't be allowed to anyway. So that's what that's what I mean. It's it's not a case of who can and and or who does and who doesn't want to. It's, it's who can and uh, and who can't go up. And at the moment, that's that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, it is a very peculiar one because you know, if not everyone wants to go up, it does raise some questions about what the point is of the league. I mean, just going back to my original question, how do you see it all, 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 all fitting into elite level rugby? 
I guess I guess I'm asking, you know, what's the point of it? Well, the point of it is, there's a lot of academy kids that do play mm. that are not playing in the, in the Premiership, and there's an avenue for them to play higher level rugby. So, it's got a massive point in the players that um, you know come down. Uh, you know, a lot of them are semi-professional anyway, but a lot of the kids is the big thing. They get a chance to play. Mm. If you didn't have that league, where would they play? And that's uh, the big question. Would you be in favour of any kind of restructure? Because obviously um, you've got the academy status. We've alluded to, alluded to London Irish. Who is the third club who who has academy status in the... There's nobody else in the, in the championship. Ah, right. OK, so would, would you be favor, in favour of a restructure to keep all the clubs with academy statuses in the Premiership? Maybe some sort of ring-fencing agreements? Well, I mean... It, as I say, there's only um, 14 teams with the academy at present anyway, so um, that they're not going to ring fence it. I don't think the Premiership to 14. They, they, uh, they, may, the premiership, they may ring fence it to 13, so whoever gets promoted, but, you know, Yorkshire will always have academy because the nature and the, the size of the county is huge, and, um, you know, if that means that they play somewhere, at least they get some game time playing for Yorkshire. Mm. So that, that I would never, I would never see as, as I say, the championships got no point because I think it has a, a massive bearing on, on players coming down from experience, giving that to the young kids that do play, are in the academy. They're playing with some guys like Dean Schofield retiring at Yorkshire this week, you know, this season. Yeah, valuable, uh, valuable experience to young kids. And if that wasn't there, that avenue wasn't there for him to see it, it'd be a huge loss in my, in my view. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I wouldn't for a second suggest scrapping the championship, but you can see the differential from a fan's point of view when they're thinking, well, you've got basically two super clubs in, um, in there with academy status, with the, with the facilities, probably with a larger financial base, and then you've got everyone else. I mean, you could understand why they, why they might think that. Um, maybe. Um, we spent, you know, not that much more than most of the other championships heights. You know, mm. it's only the team that comes down that spends significantly more. Yeah. So, um, you know, there'll be some teams like Richmond are semi-professional. So that's their choice. They have a choice, but they have a rugby club that people have watched for 50 years and they want to watch for another 50 years. Mm. And if you take that away, then you take it away. And if somebody's got sponsorship to make it semi-pro, then great. If they don't and it stays pro uh, amateur, then that, that club will still be there. And if they have got a good group of players that come through and can compete in the championship, you know, it'd be great to just keep giving them, keep playing rugby. I don't think things should be scrapped just because it's not professional or anything like that. For me, I think the more we play, the more we, we keep that going. I think it's a good thing. Okay. Well, just for our listeners then, um, just give them a quick, uh, a quick run through of the challenges that a head coach, director of rugby, pe- people who are running a championship team face, should you be lucky enough to win the um, win a playoff game and get into <clears> the <throat> Premiership? Yeah, I mean it's it's you know that that whole process of looking to rebuild your squad and you know for Yorkshire Carnegie it would be probably at least ten or twelve players that would need to come in that are actually top top draw. Well, um, and, you know, not top draw because there's nobody in England that's still under contract, uh, they're out of contract, sorry, that probably hasn't got a job come 24th of May. So it will be primarily Southern Hemisphere based or touching all, you know, touching base with all the premiership clubs and saying, look, you know, if you've got two or three players that, you know, you've, you've maybe tried to get rid of and you couldn't and we can use it in that position. You know, there's lots of, of ways of striking deals, I guess, or sorting things out. So at present, um, you know, it's very hard to think on that when you've got a semi to, to look at. 
and I know, uh, you know, we haven't certainly looked at that yet. And, um, you know, but there is lots of players out there that are Southern Hemisphere based and can probably, mm. probably bring in. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. But, you know, team cultures, team spirit, you know, players that have been there all season and next season and the year before that or whatever, you know, they want a part to play in that and they want a shot at the premiership. So it's very hard to build the culture, you know. Yeah, it must be fiendishly difficult because in some ways it's almost like you've got to have two 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 sets of contingencies. If you're staying in the championship, you've obviously got to build in, in a certain way. And if you go up, not only do you have to get, like you say, Southern Hemisphere players or players of the right calibre, finding the guys to fit into your group of lads, I can't imagine how difficult that is. Yeah, I mean, as I say, London Welsh found it tough, didn't they? Yeah. On both occasions. So they, they were a classic example of it, so how hard it was. Um, but that's life. They are tough. It's not easy. And um, that's the key thing that people need to understand. You know, it's that decision for us as a club won't even be considered until after the semis. Mm. Then there's obviously two weeks, two and a half weeks in that time where you've got a chance to, um, to potentially look around and see what players are there and what options you would have. But um, until then... Um, you know, you can't get too caught up in that because it is a financial, um, you know, a big financial strain on everybody. Okay. Uh, well, you're head coach of a club which is in a, you know, well, put it mildly, a rugby heartland. Um, yeah. Just tell me a bit about the um, about the the academy because I know you have a, have a lot of lads go through there, and also uh, how hard is it to uh, to to retain the talent? I, I can think of off the top of my head, six or seven players that have recently come through the Leeds Academy? Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the 80, I think there's 87 rugby clubs in Yorkshire, more than any other county in England. Um, and that obviously is going to have some kids uh, rugby attached to it, which makes our academy a very appealing and very strong one. So that that's always great. And you get lots of players coming through. Now, to keep them in there is, is very difficult just because of the nature of, you know, a lot of these players, if they're good enough, they want to play in the Premiership and, you know, over the last, you know, seven, eight, nine years, you know, Le- Leeds, Yorkshire, Carnegie haven't been up there. So it is extremely tough to keep them uh, in that background. And it's very hard to to stop someone with that ambition and, and, and keep holding them back and asking for loyalty when it's a short-lived game. It's a 10-year ten, ten career. And if you don't, if you don't, you know, give it your best and take every opportunity, sometimes um, you miss out. So... It is a difficult challenge, but it's one that you know if you if you, if you keep producing players, there there is a system now. Obviously, with the with the EAP, where there's compensation to clubs for producing players, and if mm. they produce them, and then other academies, you know, come in and take them because of 
whatever reasons, then um, you know there is compensation to deliver to that club. And that never compensates for taking some great talent away money, but it allows you to um, you know bring that money back into the club and support the younger boys coming through. So you keep that that, that continual you know conveyor belt of kids coming through from Yorkshire. Do you, do you think Leeds are in a, uh, a a pretty good situation in regards to academy? Because the jump from academy rugby to Premiership is is absolutely vast. Going from academy to Championship actually gives them a real good grounding for that next step. In fact, I imagine it could be a bit of a selling point. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's the big thing because it gives them some, you know, especially the, the the front five players. They have some tough days in that Championship front five, and that's that's really important. You know, how hard they find it and. You know that that's that's crucial. Um, you know that people understand that. So, so for me, it's it's um, it's a great avenue for everybody to to play and, and learn and make mistakes. And it's not it's you know make mistakes at that level. You don't get punished too much. You know. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you're looking at academy talent, this is the one thing which I always always wonder. I think it's relatively straightforward, and I say relatively, uh, um, <laughs> I do mean that, to spot uh, talent in, say, fly halves, scrum halves, uh, outside backs, because you know what to expect. How, as a yeah. coach, do you go about identifying talent in the front row when they tend to, and second row for that matter, they tend to develop so late on? Well, I mean, I think the, the development process is, is game time. Yeah. You can be as big as you want, as strong as you want, but you need to get them in games, and you can get them exposed to games against a a 35-year-old, um, you know, guy that's in the championship, he's been there for 10 years or he's come down from the premiership. So you give him that 10, 15 minutes at the end of a game, half an hour, 40 minutes at the start, you start picking up some sort of, of mindset of what kind of player he is under that pressure because until he gets put under that pressure, you're not going to know. And, um, you know, that's the big thing. And, and talent ne- doesn't necessarily um, show on your on. on on how they look, it's really how they react and how they cope with with the pressure of um, of game time, you know. And five or six scrums in a row, and you very rarely get that chance. So um, for me, it's a big focus on on get them out there, see what they're capable of, see can they cope with the physicality of it. If they can, great, mm. you know. And, and they'll move on in the stages that they're right. Not everyone moves on at the same stage. So yeah, that's why I believe the championship is is great for a lot of kids, you know. And, a lot of them go away to the Premiership clubs and come back in on the on a Tuesday and have two days maybe with the Premiership team and come back down, um, and that allows them that real opportunity to to keep turning with the big boys and that dream of the Premiership, but also the reality of you've got to grasp and you've got to work in the Championship. Do you, as a head coach, look at the construction of your squad and think there is sort of a sweet spot of how many lads you should have coming through from? the academy and then mixing them in with you know more uh, more experienced veteran players um no it, it goes in cycles it always has been and always will do no matter whatever sport you play you may have a group class of 92 at man united classic example you have a group that comes through you don't get that every year mm. you may have three or four you may have five or six you may have one or two it just goes on cycles uh, it happens and you may have, I know, an, an influx of, of front five forwards, and, and two years later, you may have you have none. So, I don't think you can um, look into it too much. It's it's not a, a fixed science in that way. It's more of, of you know what's coming through and and what 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 area you know you you're looking for scrum halves, fullbacks, whatever. And certain players move around at different ages as well in the backline. So you can you can mix and match a little bit in there, uh, and they can finally find their feet when they're eighteen, nineteen, twenty. 
No, whereas the front row guys tend to take a bit longer, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, as we alluded to earlier on. Um, now, yeah. the, the players which you're bringing on on board sounds like a daft question, but are they all exclusively from a union background, or uh, are you getting much uh, much talent from rugby league? No, not really. I mean, I think the rugby league's got a very good structure at the Rhinos, and their 16s and 17s and 19s age group is very strong. Mm. And also, they um, they introduce um, players very quickly into the senior setup in rugby league because of there's no scrummaging, there's no there's not as much technical. It is it is more based on you know physically. It's a tough tough game, and if you can cope with that physicality and have a you know the core skills to cope with it, you do okay. And um, you know they're both good. We don't get a huge crossover, especially with the the front five players because rugby no. league there's no one really at that that size, but. You know, certainly some of the backs and back rowers are, are very good, you know. So, um, But they get pushed pretty quickly forward in rugby league and, and that gives them a, a real chance, you know. Yeah, I don't suppose you ever come across a conflict where you've got a youngster and he's kind of working out whether he wants to go league or union because I guess you're probably the only club in the country that uh, that has that link. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, I've got a huge respect for the boys at the Rhinos and, and their whole academy system, everybody they have there. They're good people, and yeah. um, they're all trying to make a living too. They're all trying to get the best young kids to come and play league, and that's just the nature of it. And some of the schools determine that, um, just based on that the school plays a lot of uh, foot, uh, rugby, and you know they don't do any rugby league. Or some of them areas have got a more rugby league background. Mm. So some of these things just go by you know what what follows suit really. Um, but at the moment we're we're pretty fortunate. We get a good group and. Um, and, and obviously the Rhinos got a good group of lads that have come through over the last couple of years. So we don't have too much hassle with it. I have a lot of respect for the Rhinos boys and the players at the rugby league. Yeah. Um, are you guys training at the same facilities? Yeah, yeah. We've always trained at the same facility at Kirkstall, yeah. Uh, and so, for instance, you've never had, had a situation maybe in uh, at um, Yorkshire where you've seen a lad and you thought, actually... You might not, you might not be good enough at union, but you'd be perfect at league, or vice versa. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Taylor Powell's just gone to Warrington Wolves. Yeah, was uh, England under twenties, uh, played in the wing for us. He's got an opportunity. Uh, I don't think he was getting retained next season, and uh, he's had an opportunity to go and play rugby league and yeah. trial for rugby league at Warrington Wolves. So, you know, people do move back and forward, and that's that's crucial for them. Um, you know, that's a big part of it, and. You know, we have a facility there that oper- oper- gives an opportunity for, for both camps. Mm. Um, Jimmy Kindhorst, you know what I mean? He played. There's, there's a few in there that have played both, you know. So um, the key part to that is, um, you know, it, it's fortunate for the lads, but ultimately when their mind's made up, they want to stick to one sport and they want to give it a real go. And that's, that's what happens, you know. Excellent. Uh, what, what was it like for your group of players to have a lad like uh, Kevin Sinfield join? Yeah, Kev was great. You know, an extremely professional bloke, um, outstanding trainer, really good leader. But obviously, he played twenty odd years at rugby league. It's a total different. Yeah. Team, so, um, found it a lot different because obviously the everyone's a lot closer to you. Um, but no, he was he was he was great to work with and a real player. Great to be around and as I say, he was great for us last year. Uh, and I think he realised how different the two games were when he actually played. You know, union with us last season, but. I mean, what what a bloke and what a what a, an inspiration for many people, you know. Yeah, do you do much? Uh, do you do much crossover crossover training? Because um, I was actually talking to um, Rob Pickman the other day. Not necessarily. Sorry. A lot of the game, a lot. 
you know, Jimmy Lowe's who I work with, you know, he coaches the, the, the backs and the attack stuff for us. You know, catch and pass is catch and pass. It doesn't really matter whatever level. Um, you know what I mean? And the fitness levels of the backs are very similar to rugby league. So that side of it, um, you know, we don't do much. They are two technically different games. So, um, no, we don't get too much caught up in the crossover of it. You know, rugby's, rugby union is, is different. There is so many more regulations when the ball's on the floor and it's a contest when it's on the floor and when it's in rugby league, it's it's not a contest. So that has a big difference. But catch and pass is the same at any sport. I just wanted to ask you about coaching in general and how it's changed over the years. But more specific, more specifically, how it's changed in terms of pressure within the role itself. Could you just give me a bit of an insight into that? Yeah, I mean, the, the actual coaching side of it hasn't changed really. Um, you know, players still need supported in the roles. They still need encouraged. They still need criticised. They still need picked up. Um, that hasn't changed. But obviously the expectation of being in big clubs, uh, winning and losing, um, you know, is massive nowadays. And, you know, some of the shareholders are coming in are from a big business background and they want instant success. Whereas some of the older guys, and I can only relate to Tom Walkinshaw, was, you know, a motor racing driver, understood the sport, uh, understood what it was to win, understood when it was a player's bad day and when it was a coach's bad day. So that's changed a little bit. But um, I just think, you know, that people become very impatient when there's when there's more money involved. Um, and that's always very difficult, you know. Do you see this new approach as being a little short-sighted? Not at all short-sighted because they're very ambitious, very successful men. They're just very, maybe, you know, they just want success success pretty quickly because they're paid and they put their hand in the pocket. And um, I think most of them accept if, if a team lose and they care. Um, I think what they struggle with is if it looks like somebody doesn't care and he's getting rewarded, you know, or getting looked after well. So that's that's when I guess they get frustrated. Yeah, that is interesting because I see it almost as like a lack of understanding that rugby, one of the major constituent parts of a successful team is consistency and time together. Um not necessarily. Again, it's, it's, there's many different ways of looking at it. As I say, it always looks back at, for me, as the, how the player reacts, how he cares about the jersey he wears. And if he cares for the jersey he wears, no matter who you are, where you put money in or you don't put money in, as long as he represents that, that brand well, you can accept most things that they do, you know? Yeah. So, at the end of the year, you're stepping away from, from the game. Um, what is next for you, Brian? I'm going to work for a, a foreign exchange company called Apex, which deal in the, you know, the, the handling fee of uh, different currencies. But I'm looking into all sporting events or, or companies or associations or individuals, whether it be football, whether it be cricket, whether it be rugby, whether it be horse racing. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of exchanges between, you know, foreign currencies because of, of the nature of racehorses, for argument's sake, are all bought across Ireland. Dubai, America, Australia, and obviously brought into this country, and there's a there's a handling fee attached to that. And you look at Ben Stokes, the the, the cricketer, he's earning lots of money in, in the IPL, and there's mm-hmm. a transfer in there. So Apex is a company, a bank, virtually privately owned bank, and um, they deal solely on that. So that's what I'm going to look into, and and try and branch into Scotland as well with the company. And a nice refreshing change of challenge for you too. Oh, massively, yeah. I mean, there'll be a huge. Uh, That'll be a huge difference for me and a tough time to get used to some of the changes, but new chapter in my life and new chapter in my career and 
um, something else that I've got really excited about over the last sort of three or four months when I, when I announced it that it's a new challenge for me so you know, I'm looking forward to it it'll be great fun and uh, I get a chance to spend some time with my family as well Well you'll certainly be missed from the game uh, best of luck with your new endeavour and as I'm Manchester based I'll be keeping a keen eye out for your son in the future Good man, thank you very much for your time thank no, you. no problem Brian, take care Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.